It's like the, it's like the end of Downton Abbey. You've got to wait until a whole other season. <laughs> From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. This morning, I've terminated the employment of Bridget Kelly because she lied to me. I have had no contact with David Wildstein in a long time. I never called him personally, no, but Baroni's position continued to be that there was a traffic stop. I'm David First, here with Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio and WNYC, and Andrea Bernstein, Senior Editor for Politics and Policy for WNYC News. And later we'll also speak with the Star-Ledger's Tom Moran. Friday was a big day in the unraveling of Bridgegate. Former Christie appointee at the Port Authority David Wildstein pled guilty to charges related to the lane closures at the George Washington Bridge. And U.S. Attorney for New Jersey Paul Fishman announced the indictments of former Port Authority Deputy Executive Director Bill Baroni. I am an innocent man. And former Christie staffer Bridget Ann Kelly. I am not guilty of these charges. But he also said stay tuned that we could learn more during the trial phase, saying it's like the end of Downton Abbey. You've got to wait for a whole other season for more information to be revealed. Well, like many fans of the series, we can't wait that long. Today we're going to look into some of those loose ends. But first, for those who haven't been binge-watching season one of Bridgegate, Matt Katz, can you briefly bring us up to speed on what we learned on Friday? Well, Lady Mary has a new suitor and Lord Grantham is none too pleased. Is that what we're talking about, Downton Abbey? Previously in Bridgegate. <laughs> no, no, we can't hear all of Bridgegate up to now. But uh, what was new on Friday? We learned more about one individual than we had known in the past, and that is Bill Baroni, the top staffer at the Port Authority. Um, he was the deputy executive director, former Republican state senator, raised money for the governor when he ran for office. We had known that he had gone and delivered this testimony to the state legislature before the smoking gun time for some traffic problems email came out that said that the lane closures were due to a traffic study, not because of some crazy allegation that it was political retaliation. So we learned on Friday that indeed it was political retaliation, according to David Wildstein, uh, the man who ordered the lanes closed, and B, that Bill Baroni wasn't just involved in the cover-up, allegedly, but it was also involved in conceiving this plan. Mr. Wildstein's admitted that he and Baroni and Kelly executed a plan to suddenly and without warning drastically reduce the number of local access lanes to the bridge, knowing full well and intending that this maneuver would gridlock Fort Lee. That's United States Attorney Paul Fishman speaking on Friday. This is largely based on David Wildstein's testimony, although there is also a little bit of information in the indictment that indicates that Baroni tried to get two Port Authority police officers to help him with the cover-up, which could indicate that he was also involved in coming up with this scheme. Also, what's new is that the campaign manager, Bill Stepien, who was fired in the wake of this and just had this cloud around him that he seemed to have been involved. He dated Bridget Kelly, who wrote the time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee email. Um, there was some indication in the governor's internal review that maybe she was trying to impress him. 
based on the indictments we got on Friday and the guilty plea we got on Friday, he has not been named. So as of now, the campaign manager is cleared, which is in some respects good for Christie because it supports his argument that this was just some crazy rogue plan and wasn't organized by his campaign. And, and then the final new thing, and this is the kind of the craziest bit ever, is that they actually planned the lane closures for the first week of school to exact maximum pain on the people and the little children of Fort Lee. They chose not to execute the plan during mid-August, which is traditionally a light month for traffic. Instead, they deliberately waited until Monday, September 9th, which they knew was the first day of school in Fort Lee, to further ratchet up the injury to Fort Lee's residents. So they ended up doing it on the first week of school, which also was the uh, um, anniversary of 9-11, on a known terrorist target, the George Washington Bridge, and was also uh, Jewish holiday Yom Kippur. So that was apparently all planned. So what's coming in season two? Andrea Bernstein, I'm thinking about your reporting, and Matt, yours as well. There are all these details you've reported on about how involved the Christie administration was in all of this that raised questions about why we're only seeing three indictments. Right from the beginning of the indictment, as uh, the prosecutor, Paul Fishman, describes the uh, scheme, he starts by saying Bill Baroni, Bridget Ann Kelly, David Wildstein, and others. And we do not know who those others are. And that is one of the things that he told us may come out in trial. What others involve the scheme? So that is one of the very, very big questions here. The traffic study story that was concocted by Bill Baroni and David Wildstein for the Port Authority to say was a cover-up. Paul Fishman said that. It was designed to mislead people. Well, we certainly know that Governor Christie said it was a traffic study over and over and over again. I've sat in that traffic before I was governor um, at the George Washington Bridge. And, um, and the fact that one town has three lanes dedicated to it, that kind of gets me sauced. But what we don't know is when he knew that it wasn't, at what point he knew that it wasn't. And lastly, what about the man who was the boss of David Wildstein and Bill Baroni at the Port Authority, David Sampson? He is a close, close mentor, father figure for Governor Christie. He was in direct contact with David Wildstein and Bill Baroni all through this period, as well as with other Christie administration officials, all through the fall, all through the period, right up until the time, in fact, when Christie's legal team handed out uh, its report. So there's many big mysteries. What did Christie know and when did he know it is at the front of the line, but also what about David Sampson and who were the others? What about all of those others? Bill Baroni gave what has been called this uh, false testimony to the legislative committee about uh, a non-existent traffic study concocted as a cover for the Fort Lee lane closures. Here's a bit of his testimony. On September 5th, Mr. Wildstein requested that a one-week study be conducted beginning on Monday, September 9th. This testimony was not developed by Baroni uh, working alone. There was uh, coaching and editing from from high-level members of the administration. Andrea, can you walk us through what we know about that? Regina Agia, who is now Governor Christie's chief of staff, at the time she was the director of his authorities unit, 
testified in her own testimony as part of the legislative investigation that she was asked by David Sampson, the chairman of the Port Authority, to edit the testimony. I just want to state at the onset that I have uh, had no prior knowledge, no participation in the lane realignment at the George Washington Bridge in September of 2013. He was so concerned about what she called document control that Samson arranged to have the testimony driven, essentially, hand-delivered from the Port Authority headquarters in Manhattan to Trenton. Regina Agia then spent the better part of a weekend editing this testimony, going over it with another aide and with Charlie McKenna, who was then Governor Christie's chief counsel. Do you sure. believe today there was a legitimate traffic study? They produced data um, within. They did not communicate well, and there were parts of the study that were not done well, but they did produce data. Meantime, at the Port Authority, Philip Kwan, who is someone that Governor Christie had tried to get on the Supreme Court in New Jersey, was spending hours and hours and hours uh, walking Bill Baroni through his testimony. So we know for a fact that through the entire weekend before the Monday, there was involvement on both sides of the Hudson by people very close to the governor going over and over again what Mr. Baroni would say. Fishman in his indictment ascribed that testimony as false and misleading. That testimony actually derived from a false statement that Wildstein and Baroni wrote, a mis what, what the indictment calls a misleading written statement for a Port Authority report that would falsely represent that the reductions were for a traffic study. And, and here's some more of that uh, testimony from Bill Baroni before the Legislative Committee back in uh, November of uh, 2013. Following multiple conversations with members of the Port Authority Police, Regarding traffic conditions at the George Washington Bridge, Port Authority Director of Interstate Capital Projects David Wildstein met with Port Authority staff in engineering, traffic engineering, and the Department of Tunnels, Bridges, and Terminals to review the situation. To prepare this written statement for this false report that was supposed to cover up the scheme and head off any investigation, Baroni and Wildstein are alleged to have used Port Authority resources in the time, including the time and services of Port Authority personnel uh, to come up with data that would indicate that this was really a traffic study. And then Baroni and Wildstein converted the draft of this false and misleading statement into the opening testimony, and then it was polished by the governor's own people in advance of this hearing in which this bogus story was floated to the legislature, to the public, by somebody, by the way, Bill Baroni, who is an attorney and has worked as an attorney since Bridgegate, right up until this weekend when he has apparently resigned in order to concentrate on his upcoming trial. Following those meetings, Mr. Wildstein asked the Office of the Chief Engineer to formulate options to determine whether the Fort Lee lanes were causing a clear and marked increase in bridge traffic for the 95% of drivers who live in, in other areas of Bergen and Passaic counties and across the state. That testimony is a very central part of this indictment as part of their, their cover-up. And Bill Baroni said on Monday when he was appearing outside a federal court for his arraignment that he was going to testify at trial. I will spend every day working to clear my name 
and get my reputation back. So we will be seeing Bill Baroni testify about this alleged false testimony. Is there any way that that uh, polishing work, uh, Matt, that you were talking about by uh, Charles McKenna, Philip Kwan, Regina Agia, is there any way that that work was done by people who all thought perhaps they were working on a presentation that was about a real uh, traffic study? Sure. The two leading legislators who have... Uh, pursued this information. One was the former Democratic candidate for lieutenant governor who had run against Chris Christie's ticket. The other was a former chairman of the Democratic State Party. Um, Christie can be convincing when he talks about the fact that he and his people viewed this as a partisan witch hunt and they had no reason to think that this wasn't a traffic study from the get-go. Baroni says his biggest mistake was not communicating the green lighting of the study throughout the agency. Foy says, I didn't know about the study. That seems to me to be completely consistent. So they could have been sent in there to figure out how to explain to these Democrats that it was a real traffic study and that, you know, they should stay in their lane, so to speak, and not worry about it. We do know, based on Regina Agia's phone records uh, that were turned over to the legislature, that there were 12 emails exchanged between Regina Agia and Governor Christie on the day that Pat Foy, the executive director of the Port Authority, and a number of other high-level officials went to Trenton and really demolished the traffic study story. Patrick Foy, F-O-Y-E. I'm not aware of any traffic study. I don't know why it was done. They all said there was no traffic study. We told David Wildstein this would not end well. We were afraid for our jobs, essentially, is what they said if we didn't comply. So during this time, it's not surprising that the director of the authorities unit would be communicating with the governor. But what is surprising is that both of them, when asked by the legislature and when asked by the Mastro team to turn over all their emails and text messages did not turn these over. They were only found in the course of the investigation. I was hoping that Paul Fishman might be able to get to the bottom of that, but so far he has not, and that's a, a sort of lingering mystery is what happened to those 12 deleted text messages? What were they about? When he addressed the media last Friday, U.S. Attorney Paul Fishman offered up several no comments uh, as lovingly compiled by NJ.com. I'm not going to comment on what other people may or may not have known. I I think I answered before that I'm not going to answer that. The answer is I'm not going to tell you. No, I'm not going to comment about who was or was not misled about whether there was or was not a traffic study. Oh, I, I, I don't I don't comment on culture. That's not my that's not my expertise. That's I leave that to other people. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to comment on whether anybody is going to be further investigated with connection with this or any other matter ever. So, Andrea, at the press conference, did Paul Fishman address any of your questions about the indictments? <laughs> I mean, I think that the big sort of mystery hanging over all of this, and it's interesting. You know, I just want to say that I think it's a mystery to us much more than the public. If the Monmouth poll that came out Monday is accurate, Everybody has already made up their mind, despite what Paul Fishman said, that the governor and his top people did know about it. One voice that uh, we finally got to hear after, after so much time was the voice of Bridget Ann Kelly. I am here today to say that I will no longer allow the lies that have been said about me or my role in the George Washington Bridge issue go unchallenged. 
Contrary to the way that I have been described by some of my former colleagues, I am not stupid. I am not weepy, insecure, unqualified, or overwhelmed. Matt, uh, in an attempt to explain away some of her well-publicized emails, like, you know, the classic, Time for Some Traffic Problems in Fort Lee, uh, Bridget Ann Kelly says, well, it was sarcasm, humor. She, she says, some of my offhanded attempts at sarcasm and, and at humor were not as witty as they were intended to be. It's an interesting argument, not one that I had imagined would come up before. I mean, we've spent more than a year trying to figure out all the different ways in which she would have been prompted to write this email. And this wasn't one I thought of. I, I mean, and you can see it in one sense, right? I mean, maybe they were joking around in person. Oh, that mayor is really pissing me off. Uh, yeah, we should close the lanes and cause some traffic. And then he does something. So she shoots him an email. Time for some traffic problems before Lee. The problem, of course, is that he responded, got it. Like, if it's sarcastic, would he have responded, got it? There's also other problems that will be brought up by the, by the prosecution, I'm sure, if she tries to use this as a, a legal defense, and that's that she wrote other emails, like, is it wrong that I'm smiling while the traffic jams were happening and that they were getting reports of, you know, the streets being in near chaos? I've been thinking a lot about the last couple of days about what would have happened if an ambulance was carrying somebody who ended up dying before they got to the hospital. You know, if, if the sarcasm argument does get used in court, the prosecution's going to want to remind jurors of how serious of a situation this really was on the ground. Very quickly, Matt Katz, looking ahead to New Hampshire, Governor Christie is back in uh, the state with the first primary this week. How is this uh, latest Bridgegate news playing in New Hampshire? I talked to one activist who said that people this weekend were much more interested in talking about how their National Republican committeeman was found to have donated to Planned Parenthood. And that was the scandal that they were talking about this weekend. And that, you know, they, they were aware of the bridge thing, but it they weren't paying much mind. And then I checked uh, the newspapers up there and only one in five newspapers on Saturday, the day after all this went down, uh, put Bridgegate on the front cover. So so far, it doesn't seem to have really transformed the election there, but I'll be uh, up there later in the week. The governor's going to be up there doing some speeches and doing a town hall meeting at a bar. Um, So I'm going to be going and drinking with New Hampshire residents to ask them about Bridgegate, all in the name of journalism. Because what else do you have to do, Matt Katz, other than spend your Friday nights in bars in New Hampshire? That's right. And I'm sure that the tweets will get better and better as the night goes on. <laughs> right. Matt Katz, zero, zero. I'll be looking. Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio and WNYC. Andrea Bernstein, senior editor for Politics and Policy for WNYC News. Thanks for the coverage. I saw there were some people with signs that didn't like some stuff that I like out in the front as I was pulling in. Unfortunately, they were all talking amongst themselves when my car went by, so they missed their moment, you know? I almost wanted to roll down the window and go, no, no, it's me, man, come on. This is the time for you to yell and shake your signs and everything. And then they saw me as I went by, and you could see how disappointed they were. I looked at the side view mirror, they're like, oh, man, we've been out here for two hours waiting for this guy, and now we missed it. Clue to protesters. Keep your eye out for the black (laughs) Suburbans, okay? (laughs) 
This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David First. We're joined now by the Star-Ledger's Tom Moran. Tom, you're the editorial page editor of the state's largest newspaper. What did the Star-Ledger editorial board have to say about the Wildstein guilty plea and the indictments on Friday? Well, I wrote a column that said this is not over by a long shot about how it's likely to unfold over the course of the next year. Um, But our editorial on Sunday was that Christie should quit the presidential campaign. That's not based entirely on these Bridgegate findings. There is some good news for Christie in this and that he wasn't personally implicated in it. But it's based on the fact that New Jersey is facing multiple crises. And he's I'm getting word from senior political players like Steve Sweeney, his partner in all the early reforms, who are saying, can't get a meeting with the guy. We can't solve these problems if he's not here. So there was that going into the Bridgegate, and we said Bridgegate tips it in a couple of ways. One is that it reminds us that he's not really fit to be president, in our opinion, that he's fostered a culture in his office that's Nixonian, and that people feel free to abuse government power on behalf of their their political objectives. This was just a reminder of that. When you look at and some new details of what they did, like delaying it until the first day of school, that are just almost deranged. But it's also just going to be a distraction. There are going to be trials going on. If he's running for president and dealing with all this political fallout from Bridgegate, uh, he's not going to have – he's already not putting – and he's super not going to be able to put in the time to solve these problems. New Jersey's economy is a wreck. Its fiscal crisis is the second worst in the country. There is absolutely, in my opinion, in our opinion – No excuse for him to be running all over the country and now distracted further by Bridgegate. He's got work to do. Chris Christie, you know, knowing his personality and his track record and his ambition, will Chris Christie be able to give up on that grand notion and focus just on New Jersey? Well, I I fear this will go into the long list of my suggestions for him that— he won't abide. He manages to ignore my sage advice quite good, I think he'll ignore this one, too. Well, look, if he left the race any time in the next couple of months, it would look like he's running from Bridgegate. So, you know, it would be crazy for him to do that. But he did initially say, I'm going to announce for president right after the start of the new year. And now he delayed that. We're now talking five months delayed. Now, why is he delaying? I haven't heard a good explanation for that from the Christie boosters. I think he's delaying because he's not sure he can be viable. What are your readers saying about uh, Governor Christie right now and about the indictments? Well, you know, that's really striking because it used to be I'd criticize Christie and I'd get face a torrent of people defending him. And now, my God, you can't find supporters. I mean, his support in New Jersey has collapsed in a dramatic fashion. Paul Fishman, U.S. Attorney uh, for New Jersey, says uh, based on evidence currently available, there won't be any more charges related to the George Washington Bridge Lane closures. So uh, we done here? Uh, no, no. We had, that was an interesting moment in the presser because we asked him about that a lot, obviously. And he was quite clear that we're not done here. What I will say is this, though, that based on the evidence that is currently available to us, we're not going to charge anybody else in this scheme. But what he's done also is charge Bill Baroni and Bridget Kelly with felonies that, in theory, could send them to jail for 86 years. He has them in a vice, and he is hoping, no doubt, that they will... Uh, flip and provide new evidence that could lead to new charges in Bridgegate. He went out of his way again to say in this press conference that it's not uncommon for people who are indicted to later plead guilty and cooperate. Tom Moran, editorial page editor for the Star-Ledger. Thanks again. Sure thing, Dave. Thank you. 
Christy Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christy Tracker Podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow Matt Katz on Twitter at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. Andrea Bernstein at Andrea WNYC or Tom Moran at Tom A. Moran. I'm David First. Till next week. I'm responsible. For every person who acts in this government, I am ultimately responsible.